Uh, welcome back, everyone. We're here at ABCNA with Sarah L. and Sarah Ace. They're going to speak on forgiveness. But first, Sarah L., what's your clean date? Where do you attend meetings? And can you give your help with a shot? My clean date is 8-15-22. Um, and I attend meetings in the Richmond, Chesterfield area. And my home group is Living Clean. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Sarah Ace, what are my clean date is April 13, 22. Um, I'm at the Blue Ridge area. Um, no matter what meeting, we stand. Perfect. That's it. Yeah. All right, ladies. What do we think about forgiveness? Well, I, I think it's a little bit of a, a tough topic because it's so important to not harbor bad feelings about anybody to keep your peace and to continue to heal. That can be very difficult, I think. And, and at the same time, as an addict recovering, I need a lot of forgiveness from the people that I love. Um, and I think that it can be a struggle. It's kind of hard to find that, that balance. I, I'm trying to find forgiveness for someone. Uh, I'm just trying to forgive them myself, I guess, so I, I don't have too much. I thought I was going to learn about forgiveness. Right. So, you know, the, 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 the thing about like not forgiving somebody is that it, it makes me walk around heavy. Really, really burdened, really, really heavy. And then, you know what, it's, it's almost like it, it just robs my time and my peace in so many areas. I don't want to do this. I don't yeah. want to talk to this person. I can't. Okay. Other areas it becomes it becomes this thing, this weight that you carry around. And half the time the other person is walking around light as a feather, oblivious to everything. Yeah, it's and the, the, the pain that they've caused. It tarnishes everything, your joy and and you're right, they're walking around happy as can be. The only person that it hurts is you if, if you're not able to forgive. Yeah, and forgiveness is never for the other person. Exactly. Forgiveness is for you. It's to release the energy that you spend on holding that resentment. And here's the other thing. We learn this in the fourth step, is that resentment is what is one of the causes of relapse. When I am so bound up in getting you, I start to not have the spiritual principles that I learn in the steps to help me with my recovery. So that's the thing. We're not. I'm not forgiving somebody to make them feel better. I'm forgiving myself and them to release the energy. Right. And, and just because you've forgiven someone doesn't mean that you have to allow them back into your life. No. Well, exactly. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not forgive and forget. Exactly. It's forgive. It's forgive that's and learn. It. Yeah. Absolutely. Our pain is still real. Yes. You know, the things, our, our life experience, it doesn't diminish because I, I forgive you. It doesn't mean, hey, that you didn't hurt me. Not, not at all. That's a totally different thing. But it does allow me to grow through that. Absolutely. Yeah, and I find I really need to play on it um, and just ask my higher power for help. And say out loud, I forgive them, even if I don't feel it in my heart yet, because eventually it will come. And the hardest part, I think, is to pray for them to be blessed. But I think what happens... That is, that's a tough one. Yeah. I think what one. happens when they're blessed is our higher power kind of softens their heart a little bit so they can open up and kind of see their own truth. 
Is and there you know, any? Let's flip the let's flip the card right now. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody that you want forgiveness from right now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, my oldest son and youngest daughter. Um, it's been it's been very hard, and I'm I'm so broken hearted about it. I I just can't believe that that we're in this place, and we were so close, especially my daughter and I, and and it's been really hard lately. Um, just just the whole relationship, and it's scary to me because she's about to leave for college. So I feel like we have this little window of time. Limited time, right? Yeah. 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 So what are you? What's the action item for you? Well, I'm definitely praying on it, um, and we've talked about it a lot. And what I what I figured out is that when she's telling me how she feels, I can't be defensive because even if I disagree, it's her feelings, and so I need to accept them so that she can process them. A great point. Communication is the way to, to deal with that. Like, what we want to do, and I, what addicts do is, somebody doesn't like us, somebody's mad at us, we run away. And that's it. Look, we create our own problems by avoiding them. It says it in our literature. And the running away from that is where we get in trouble. And you're not doing that. You are doing the right stuff. You are engaged, talking, praying, and taking ownership of it. Even when it hurts. Yeah, it's very difficult. And I think we decided today we're um, going to do some counseling sessions. So she could have some by herself, but we could do some together. Good for you. To work out what we did need some party. Excellent. Welcome back, everyone. We're here at ABCNA with Leah S. And she's going to be speaking self-acceptance. But first, Leah, can you tell us your clean dig, where you attend meetings, and can you give your own group a shout-out? Yep, 12608 Virginia Beach, Virginia. And there's a light, 1200 Damn Neck Road, 7.30 p.m. on Tuesdays. Come out and see us. And look, just for the listeners, she's wearing a staff T-shirt. She's doing service work putting on this fabulous convention. Thank so you fun. for your work. Yeah, yeah you guys are rocking. Thanks. It's really fun. And it, it's still six minutes before it kicks off. Before before the first meeting, we're going in six minutes to hear hear share. So Leah, what's your thoughts on self-acceptance? So I've had to do a lot of self-acceptance. If I stay clean until the end of January, I'm going to have 15 years clean. Yeah. So it's kind of a big deal. If I stay clean, do what I've been doing the last 14 years, 11 months. Um, so I've had a lot of things over these last 15 years that I've had to get self-acceptance on. So I, I have a rare skin disease that I don't talk about or share about very often. One in a million people get it, and it is gross, and it's very visible, and um, you know, that was one of my first experiences. I had about two years clean when I got diagnosed, and like coming to a place where, I'll be honest, like I really don't give a fuck what other people think anymore, whereas before I was wearing like long sleeve shirts, um, you know, even in the summertime, like trying to cover up what was going on with me because people were treating me like I was gross. So I had to get to a point where um, where I was I was okay with that. You know, the, the other thing comes true with the addict thing. You know, like like truly being embarrassed that I was a person that used to use substances because of like the profession that I'm in and the, and the steps that I take professionally. And now, though I'm not open about being in recovery, it's also not a secret. And so that's a level of self-acceptance for me. Again, I'm not broadcasting from the rooftops that I'm a person in recovery. Like, I've never openly really told anybody professionally. I did do a, um, a YouTube 
thing where I came out, so to speak, um, about three months ago. Uh, but that was for it was a clinical self, clin the clinical therapeutic lines and the clinical self disclosure. So like that was a big step for me with self acceptance was like admitting that openly out of my own mouth because everybody knows I'm in recovery. I've just never told them. Let me ask you. Let me dig in on that on the skin disease. What, what did yep. you call it? Okay. Um, because like and that really hits me. You know, I, I, I hate how I sound. I have a stutter and I can hear it. I mean, sometimes when I concentrate on it, it's like I'll be like, uh, 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 you know, can't get it. So I would always avoid doing readings or speaking at, you know, and in my profession, I have to speak a lot, mm -hmm. you know, very regularly. And then also, like, with body image, I hate my smile. I hate my hair. I feel in the fucking black. Yeah. I have one nipple that goes out, one nipple that sometimes goes in. It don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I end up getting pierced, so I don't have to fuck <laughs> But you know, I want to ask you though, it, it, it's like it's like stuff stuff in my mind that I think I gotta hide, I gotta cover. You were talking about wearing long sleeve and stuff, and I just my soul really responds to that because it's like I wish I could go back to before I got like what you said and just said I don't give a fuck. I wish I could go back and tell that dumb as hell. It's okay, man. I don't get. It's okay. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. okay. What happened? Like, how, how, how did we go from, hey, I'm wearing long sleeves because, you know, I don't wear any, you know, whatever that feeling is, to you now wearing the short sleeves and fucking. So, it was a, a large process of self acceptance. Like, I had to do layers of acceptance. You know, like, this is what it is. It's not curable. There's no treatment other than, like, chemo treatment. I'm not being sick and lazy and tired and losing my hair and not being able to work. Like, I had to go through levels of acceptance. Um, to be okay with myself and I started reframing my own thinking you know like I started with looking for the gift and I'll, and I'll be honest with you the gift of humility is what I got from my skin because I'm a lot less vain than I used to be and I believe that the universe gives us a package you know like um, yeah it gives us a package and you know like for me um, I don't always have to look perfect all the time because I'm never gonna look perfect you know I'm always gonna have these these things and I was able to look at like the, the, the true assets and liabilities that I have, and my skin isn't a liability if I know that it humbled me to a point to where I'm more free, I'm able to be myself in, in all my situations. You know, so it, so it really is about reframing, like looking at, working the steps, truly working the steps, because if you look at the step work, it's a cognitive behavioral process for reevaluating ourselves, right? Like every single step has a different psychological, theoretical orientation that is going to manifest for someone. So for me, it's CBT, right? And also a little reality therapy, being all say. Um, but you know, but, but our listeners may have to pause, rewind, and hear me. Sorry. Hold on, let me catch up. That was good. Paul reminds me what you talk about all the time. The test doesn't give you the, the just gives you power, gives not power. That just gives you power. That's what we saw during. HIV and, and AIDS was people didn't want to take tests, they didn't want to know the truth. And one of the things we said all the time is that test is not giving you the problem, that's giving you knowledge to do something about the problem. You know what, the, the truth is, there, you can see a couple of discolorations on her, on her arms, but she has this smile and this openness that far outshines any of that. And that's what we forget, mm -hmm. is that we see the stuff, 
I know the HIV. I, you know, I'm not love. And what it does is it confirms the unlovability that we carry around with ourselves. The nipples, the the scars, the HIV, and that's, and it's none of it is true. It is all false because we are lovable, and through the steps, that's how we know and realize that. Welcome back everyone, we're here at the AVCNA, we're here with Sue Ramon, he's going to be speaking on consistency, but first can you tell us your theme date, where you attend meetings and give your humble shout out? Okay, uh, so my name is Sue Ramon, I'm an addict, uh, my clean date is August 3rd of 2022, um, I mainly go to meetings in the Virginia Beach, Norfolk area, I just moved down here from DC, um, and that being said, I'm still shopping around for a home group. Although I'm thinking of either making um, Alive with Pride my home group or uh, The Wave Meeting my home group. I'm, I'm so, whatever feels right. Good. Excellent. Yeah. What's, Excellent. Your, what's your thoughts on consistency? Um, so I, I think that's one of the key elements, like the unsaid key elements of recovery because I always, I always get caught up in the trap of, oh, I look at the year as a finish line, but it's not the finish line. It's a milestone in my recovery, but it's for the rest of my life. In other words, to keep that same attitude, it's got to be a consistency. Like, I have to constantly pray in the morning, say certain prayers in the morning, say certain prayers at night. Uh, consistency helps build up trust. Um, I've heard a lot of my friends uh, in my active addiction, and, you know, they're, kind of, they're at the point where, okay, you said sorry, and now if we want to... See the action. No action. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. What about consistency in your actions with them? How is that? Like, like if you say, if Suleiman says, "I'm going to be there on Tuesday at three o'clock," does does do they know that that's going to happen? Um, some more than others. But that's it's funny you mentioned that. I have a friend from college who that was in my active addiction. I stood him up, and I wasn't there for him. Yeah. And um, so yeah, that's we can't the be there. That we, exactly. we can't. Exactly, and that's one of the things I was not consistently there for him, so it's like, it's a risk that he's taking, it's almost like a gamble or like maybe a walk on faith, although I'm not God, but yeah, the consistency is what builds the trust, um, and you know, I just have to hope and pray for the right time to where I can be that, but as my living amends to him and my living amends to everybody else that I've heard, uh, being consistent in my recovery and like the day-to-day -day things that I do. Yeah. yeah. So, consistency is a really good teacher too, because it, as a, as a teacher, consistency tells me that I really can't have instant gratification. Because part of being consistent is the passage of time. It's the process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Doing something and being in the process over and over and over. And over. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was I was clean probably two years. And my old man gave me his credit card and told me to go fill the truck up, <laughs> and he would make me bring him a receipt back. Ah. Uh -huh. You know, and it, it was still like, it, and even though I was living a clean life consistently for a couple of years, yeah, it was still was a lot of damage there. Yeah, it takes now, time. It takes time. And it now, does. but you fast forward that tape another 20 years, it's like, oh, okay, here's yeah. my car, you know, you can do whatever you want, you know, trust. But yeah, consistency is a good teacher on patience. Yeah, and I mean, like, when you think about control, like, I can never say, oh, well, that's, get over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been clean enough. I've done good enough. You just have to... I always say it's about two for one with my parents when I got clean. I, I, at 30 days, 
I can't expect them to treat me like I had 30 days. It was like 15 days for them. <laughs> because they can live through the horror of it all. And half of the time, I'm oblivious to the horror. When I am OD'd in Charity Hospital in New Orleans, in the unit. I'm only myself. But my parents walking down the hall to see me in there. And we can never say I can't say how much that affects somebody. We don't know how it affects them. I was out of it. Exactly. I got tubes running out of me. Exactly. I have no Those idea are just how the big that ones that we can really look at and say, "Oh, I'm very affected there." By all the other times, man. Like when they worried, didn't know where we were. Didn't know where we were. I show up with bruises and abscesses and all this stuff on my arms and things. That just to, when I think back now, that that kind of stuff. That's you can't you can't get anybody to trust immediately. Yeah. You know, and we and we cannot have that kind of hubris that we could just go, I, why don't you understand? Right, right. I'm a grown-ass man, which right. I did, of course. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> yeah, it's a lie. I mean, it's like the, we can't escape that our own flaw in that. No. Because we've hurt somebody else. And when we're held accountable for it, as much as we don't want to deal with that, we have to deal with that. So, back to the question. Okay. When, Su when Suleiman says he's doing something on Tuesday, mm -hmm. is Suleiman showing up on Tuesday? Today he is. Today he is. Welcome back, everyone. We're here at ABCNA with Beth Allen P. She's going to speak on honesty. But first, Beth Allen, could you tell us your clean date where you attend meetings and give your home group a shout out? Sure. My clean date is January 2nd, 2020. Woo! So I just celebrated three years. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> pretty exciting. Um, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, the Decatur area, and my home group is the best around. It is Addicts Are Us. Addicts are us. Shout yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. So what's your thoughts on honesty? Um, this is something that I've really been thinking a lot about because as an addict, um, when using, I was really dishonest. Um, I lied about everything. I lied about... Nobody knew that I was using. Um, I hid it from everyone quite well. And, um, and I also hid myself, everything about me. And... Um, I felt that it was easier to tell a lie than to tell the truth. I got so good at it. And so this is really hard for me now to be completely open and honest with people and to um, really figure out who I am and what I'm about. Um, so it's, it's something that I give a lot of consideration for. And it, I've made a lot of headway, but i got a long ways to go on it. How, so is that part of step work? Is that how it kind of that kind of honesty Absolutely. started? Absolutely. Um, I think working with my sponsor and um, that fourth step because I, I to me the fourth step was really really big. I knew it was gonna you know I, I didn't have a, a problem with steps one two and three because I've always had a, a pretty good spiritual relationship with a God of my understanding. So. That I didn't have the problem with, but when it came to step four, I just went, you know, put the this is on. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I wrote everything down, and, and I said, okay, I'm ready to meet. And and you know, most of my clean time initially was during pandemic, so oh, it that's was right. yeah. And so it was a little little weird, but we finally found a way to to get together, and 
we went through some stuff and I was like, okay, you know, this is easy, but you know, I just gave her the surface level stuff. And then I just, I physically, when she left, I physically felt bad. And I had wow. to go lay down. I was like nauseous and I thought, okay, I'm coming down with something. And then I went for a walk afterwards and realized it was because I had not told her everything. And these were, you know, secrets that I thought I would take to the grave with me. It never entered my mind to ever tell anybody. And so I called her at the end of the walk and I said, I need to tell you something. She said, okay. And I said, I haven't been completely honest with you. Um, there's some other stuff I need to tell you. And she said, okay. I kind of thought. <laughs> and she was very gracious about it. And I went through and... Um, you know, told her, cried, and then I would tell her something else and cried. And it was, all of the bad feelings were gone when I told her. And she laughed and she said, you're not the first to tell me that. And I was shocked. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the worst. Yeah, because I, I felt like I was the biggest pile of crap because of some of the stuff I had done. And for her to, you know, just first of all tell me I'm not alone in that, and that, you know, she loved me, and it didn't, it didn't matter. It was done. You know, that was done. And, and it's like, okay, now we can literally and figuratively turn the page yeah. and start fresh. That's a great story. And you know what? That's the thing is that's that, that part right afterwards when you physically didn't feel well, right. and you put the connection as to what the that was a. That was a mystical moment that you yeah. put the connection that not feeling well physically yeah. was tied into not divulging the whole thing. Yeah, I, I tell you, I haven't felt a low like that in a long, 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 long time. Um, it was really, and, and like said, for it to manifest physically as well, it was pretty amazing. Pretty amazing yeah.